Broadcasting from the Cradle of Liberty in Philadelphia. All the way to the rhythm and blues of Beale Street in Memphis. To high atop the Wasatch Mountains in Utah. This is where politically correct perception meets common sense. This is the Joe Carey Show. You don't Hey, welcome to the uh, Joe Carey Show right here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. Check us out, fedbyravensmedia.com. The big news, the election uh, taking place in Georgia, uh, control of the U.S. Senate. Uh, If both Democrats win in Georgia, the U.S. Senate will be tied 50-50 between Republicans and Democrats. And because uh, uh, Biden Harris look uh, looks like they will be inaugurated, uh, they will uh, Kamala Harris will be president of the Senate. She will cast all uh, uh, votes in case there's a tie. And I tell you, it, it is uh, there's a lot on the line today. Supreme Court, right? I mean. Uh, the uh, Democrats, they changed the filibuster rules so district-level judges and appellate-level judges could get in with a uh, simple majority. Republicans changed it to include Supreme Court justices. So there's a lot of change that can take place if the Democrats win control of the Senate. And if you, if you doubt how much change can take place, look at how much money has been flowing into this race. Over a quarter of a billion dollars on two Senate races in the state of Georgia. I mean, I think in Georgia, a quarter of a billion dollars could probably buy everyone three or four homes five or six times over. I mean, your dollar goes a long way in Georgia. And the money has been pouring into these four campaigns over a quarter of a billion dollars raised. Doesn't that show us there's something wrong with the system? I mean, look, at some point, the money you donate to a political campaign, at some point, it's not about supporting the person you like. It's not about electing someone. It's not even about, hey, I'm going to donate a little bit more so I can get FaceTime with him or her. At some point, the amount of money you give is about influencing the way that person votes. And I think at a quarter of a billion dollars, you're at that threshold. I get it. Look, if you like a candidate, I think we have an obligation to support them with time, with money, with effort, sweat equity. And I even get it if you're passionate about an issue and you're like, okay, I've got to get their attention. How do I do it? Well, money talks, right? So you make that donation and you get the FaceTime. Is it right? No. But then at some point, You're writing that check because you want influence. You want to be able to say to that U.S. senator, hey, this issue is important to me, and this is why. That's why Joe Biden, he was campaigning uh, yesterday, uh, same time Donald Trump was, same day. And Biden comes out and says, hey. You know how important this election is? If you elect these two Democrats to the U.S. Senate, those $2,000 checks, they're going to be sent out to you and other voters. Now, if Donald Trump said that, they would be impeaching him today for an attempted bribe. Did you hear what Trump said? He said if you vote, he's going to send out the, 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 the checks. But in Biden's defense, in his defense, he also added in that same statement Uh, That if anyone else was playing the McDonald's Monopoly game, he does need the Park Place piece. That sounds so funny when I was prepping the show. I was like, oh, that's genius. So then when you say it, it's kind of like, well, Joe, that's not – it doesn't even flow with the – Brian, did you see what I did there? Like Park Place piece, like he (laughs) – Brian's like, Joe, I'm hearing radio stations. You know, people are just turning it off as you're. That's a lot of money. A quarter of a billion dollars. But, you know, we had Christian Watson on. He does the uh, the Pensive Politics podcast. And I've got to say, we had him on last week. And I think he said it best. He said, Joe, there was a time maybe when people would say, I'm not going to throw away my vote. The parties are putting up these people. This is my choice. I have to take the lesser of the two evils. And Christian said, we don't have to do that. Now, here's 
here are two races where the control of the U.S. Senate is at stake. And Christian Watson says he lives in Georgia. He went and he cast a blank ballot. He cast a blank ballot because he said, I don't like any of these four people. And just because the parties tell me this is who's left, this is the best of the best. He said, I'm not going to play that game anymore. You want my vote. You have to earn it. I've got to tell you, you know, there was a time when I would say, you know, you can't throw away your vote like that. You can't pull an Evan McMulligan. You just can't toss your vote away. But I will say this. I I don't believe that following your conscience by doing what you believe is right, that's never throwing your vote away. Never. If you're voting how you believe you need to vote, how can anyone call that throwing your vote away? I mean, you may be making a bad decision. I mean, I think people can, can say that. I think they can disagree with how you're voting, but to say you're throwing it away, I don't think that's the case. 801-331-8113. What do you think? Do you think that with everything that we have on the line, right? I mean, Donald Trump has an impressive history in four years, a lot of political and policy accomplishments in four years. Biden and Harris, Kamala Joe, they're going to work overtime in undoing uh, the Trump legacy. They're going to work overtime in trying to dismantle what he's built. So do you think that trumps? Do you think that overrules conscious? Do you think people should say, you know what? I'm going to hold my nose. I don't like Purdue. I don't like Loeffler, but I've got to do it. We've got to keep the Senate in Republican hands. What do you think? 801-331-8113. What would you do if you were in Georgia? Because I got to tell you, I'm not overly impressed by Purdue or Loeffler. I'm really not. I think on policy issues, I don't like all the the ruminations. Remember, Loeffler's the one that was accused, you know, when when she was briefed on the uh, the coronavirus. You know, apparently she sold. She and her husband sold two or three million dollars worth of stock. Things like that they, they trouble me. And she never really came out and gave a good explanation for it. And I understand it's not just her. Diane Feinstein allegedly was doing the same thing. But, but if that's your defense, if your defense is, hey, everybody's doing it, yeah, you're not the kind of person I want in the U.S. Senate. Really not the kind of person that I think that should be a U.S. senator. Or do we say, you know, party over principle? That it's more important that we have Republicans there that are going to put the brakes on the nastiest things than it is to go out and say, you know what, I'm going to vote for the Libertarian. I'm going to go out for the Constitution Party. I'm going to go and I'm going to cast a blank ballot. Because by casting a blank ballot, you're also sending a message. It's always amazing to me how they never report that, right? They never report how many blank ballots were cast or how many write-ins there were. Even at the local level, I'm always writing in names on my ballots because I look at the choices. I'm like, none of this appeals to me. I don't think that means we treat it as a joke. I don't think that means, you know, we're dismissive of the sacrifices that were made to allow us to vote, but voting your conscience is never throwing away your vote. Never. And I think we are going to see more and more people coming to that realization. I think ranked voting is a tip of the hat to that philosophy. It's, a, it's an acknowledgement that, hey, the parties aren't doing a good job at, at allowing different voices to emerge. Because the party's always going to be based on one thing. Who can get elected? In other news, Nancy Pelosi, we talked about this yesterday, you know, uh, Representative Cleaver, he says a prayer and he says, amen, and then he adds a woman. Facebook and Twitter are having a lot of fun with that. Nancy Pelosi, she started it all because she said she's canceling all these titles like father, mother, son, brother, daughter, sister. You can't use that language anymore anymore. 
in the House of Representatives because it's not inclusive. That's how sick our political system has become. That's how removed they are from reality. A mother is not a political term. It's a term of endearment. It's a term of love. It's a term of respect. Like in the case of Nancy Pelosi, she's such a mother. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations? With the hope for a COVID vaccine on the rise, shifting political landscape, and the election at an end, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text MONEY to 411411 to get what you need to stay ahead of market trends and find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Stop guessing. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance. Text MONEY to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Text MONEY to 411411 so you can protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 411411. Go to VantagePointSoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand and you care about your credit, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 6 million people with credit card debt. Without destroying your credit, they can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. The program works. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800-406-0046. That's 800-406-0046. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services, Inc., 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM 1492. Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation. Commission license number DC83. Service may adversely affect an individual's credit. Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action, not a loan company. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. If you haven't switched to Pure Talk USA, you're probably paying too much for your cell service. Pure Talk covers 99% of the country, and plans start at just $20 per line with no contract and a one-month risk-free guarantee. You've got nothing to lose. You can even keep your phone and your number. Get 50% off your first month when you call now. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code HALFOFF. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code HALFOFF. Hey, welcome back to the Joe Carey Show here on the Fed by Ravens uh, Media Network. You can find all of our uh, content on fedbyravensmedia.com. Also, download the app, the Fed by Ravens Media app from the App Store and Google Play. Um, Nancy Pelosi uh, waging jihad against the terms father, mother, son, daughter, brother, sister, and all other language deemed insufficiently gender inclusive. And she's doing that via the House rules. I don't think she's gone far enough. I really don't because as Representative Cleaver showed us with his eloquent invocation, which ended in a amen and an a woman, I think that Cleaver's onto something. I think 
words that contain these offensive terms like men, mom, son, I don't think they should be given a buy. So I want to add these words to the list. I think the word momentum also mispronounced momentum, that it should be abolished. Because look what it's perpetuating. How about thermometer? Shouldn't that be added to the banned list? How about momentarily? Typically mispronounced momentarily. I mean, shouldn't all those words be banned? And we can't tolerate that, right? Isn't it amazing that in our drive to be so inclusive that we are so exclusive? But I tell you, these decisions, although we mock them, we pan them, we make fun of them, they do have real-world consequences. They influence our dialogue. They influence the way that we interact with each other. They influence the way we address each other. And I've got to tell you, you wonder what kind of craziness we're in for the next four years? Just take a look at the prayer. Take a look at the way free speech is being redefined and limited and caged in. And the craziness just isn't limited to speech. You know, the, in D.C., the, uh, the big rally uh, planned for tomorrow, they're expecting some of the biggest crowds in history to be in Washington, D.C. tomorrow for these pro-Trump rallies. So the D.C. police, they come out with a regulation, and they say that firearms will be prohibited within 1,000 feet of demonstration activity in Washington, D.C., even if you're legally allowed to carry. For this week, you will not be able to carry firearms within 1,000 feet of demonstration activity. Well, first of all, how do you define demonstration activity? Second of all, what if you're having lunch at a cafe and the demonstration marches towards you? What happens then? Do you have to move? Do you have to pack up? The founding fathers were absolutely brilliant. I mean, more and more impressed by the care they took and the foresight they had to say, you know what? We've got to protect these rights, speech, assembly, religion, the press. the right to, to bear arms. Because if they didn't spell it out the way they did in the Bill of Rights, I am telling you, enterprising politicians from all parties, the harm they could have inflicted over the past 100 years, past 200 years, irreparable. Because there's no long-term thinking. There's no strategic thinking. It's just what problems can we avoid today? And if it causes a hundred worse problems tomorrow, it's okay because we dodge the bullet today. Look at this headline. L.A. County orders ambulance crews not to transport patients with little chance of survival. This was posted uh, this morning. Los Angeles ambulance crew members have been instructed not to transport patients with, quote, little chance of survival, end quote, to local hospitals as ICUs near capacity across the county in a directive issued by the Los Angeles County Emergency Medical Services. Ambulance workers were also told to conserve the use of oxygen in the state's most populous county. So let's talk about what was the city, the county, and state officials, what in the world were they doing when the curve of coronavirus was being crushed? 
right? We were told that's to buy time. That's to allow us to stock up on PPE, medical supplies. It's to give us time to to figure out how we're going to report, how we're going to staff. What was Los Angeles County doing with the time that was bought by the sacrifices of millions of people living in that area? The answer, not enough. Were you stockpiling oxygen? Remember that one ER nurse? I think she was an ER nurse that came out and said, we're running out of medicine. We don't have enough medicine. We don't have enough PPE. That blame, the responsibility for that, that lies at the feet of your elected officials. And I'm telling you, I think that's the great, it's really the damage that the mask debate uh, has wrought. Because while we're fighting over, well, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, it's good, it's bad. These state and county and and local and federal officials, they're doing far more harm and far more destruction than masks could ever prevent or cause. And I increasingly believe that the mask debate is used to mask the massive incompetence that's taking place behind the scenes. How can, you, how can you not have enough oxygen? How? Explain that. This is the United States. It's because I think it's easier to stockpile the dead than it is to stockpile oxygen. It's easier to stockpile the dead than it is to plan to prevent those deaths from happening. It's not to say that they don't care. They just don't care enough. Did did these officials ask for the U.S. Navy ship's mercy and comfort to be brought back? Were they setting up field hospitals? No. Could they? Yes. Why didn't they? That's not rhetorical. Why didn't these officials build field hospitals? Well, Joe, you don't understand. These are these are ICU patients. These are patients that. So we just don't care enough. And basically, that's what you're saying, right? There's not enough money. Right. Or there's not enough empathy. Which, which one is it? Yeah. So the mask debate has served its purpose, which is while we're fighting over the mask. Government incompetence, which is causing death after death, doesn't get the scrutiny it deserves. When we come back, we're going to talk about the vaccine train wreck. They're telling their ambulance crews, don't pick up those with little chance of survival. You would think in a state like that, with that kind of uh, directive, they would be bending over backwards to vaccinate as many people as they can. Do you know how many people california has vaccinated we'll have that answer right after this break you're listening to the joe carey show on the fed by ravens media network USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Politics is front and center today. The Georgia Senate runoff elections are going to the polls. The two Senate seats will determine the numerical makeup of lawmakers. Georgia, there's no one in America with more power to make that happen than you, the citizens of Atlanta, the citizens of Georgia. And I have to tell you that the stakes of this election could not be higher. If Republicans win both races, they will control the Senate majority with only 52 seats. If Democrats win both, it'll be a 50 
50-50 Senate. A split would produce a 51-49 GOP majority. The New York Stock Exchange announced late Monday it no longer plans to delist three Chinese companies. In November, President Trump signed the executive order prohibiting American firms and individuals from owning shares in any one of the 31 Chinese companies listed as enabling China's army. After China threatened retaliation for the action, the New York Stock Exchange reversed its decision. USA Radio News. When thinking about life insurance, my accident reinforced you never know what tomorrow might bring. That's why I reached out to AccuQuote. AccuQuote helps people find a life insurance policy that meets their needs. Since 1986, they've helped millions of folks save up to 60% on their life insurance by comparing the rates and features of dozens of top-rated life insurance products. A healthy 50-year-old non-smoker can buy a half a million dollars of 10-year level term for less than 45 bucks a month. A 60-year-old under 120 bucks a month. Longer or permanent terms are available. Even if you already own life insurance, you really need to check out my friends at AccuQuote. Don't worry about health issues. Remember, they help me. As a pastor, I'm concerned about your soul and helping you to make sure your family is taken care of. Life insurance is more affordable now than ever, so don't make them wish you'd made that call. 877-437-4781. Call now, 877-437-4781. 877-437-4781. Rates, policy points, and availability vary by state. The stand-your-ground provision in Ohio is now law. USA Radio News' Dan Naraki reports. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine has signed a stand-your-ground provision into law, making Ohio the 36th state with a measure that doesn't require someone to retreat before acting with lethal force in self-defense. In a statement Monday, DeWine said he signed the bill to clear up an ambiguity in Ohio's self-defense law. Supporters of the measure have praised the signing, saying Ohio's laws now favor the victim instead of the criminal. DeWine had threatened to veto the measure unless the state legislature took up a package of gun laws that he proposed following the August 2019 mass shooting in Dayton that saw 10 people killed. From the USA Radio News Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Naraki. Ohio remains an open carry state, meaning that individuals who legally possess a firearm can openly carry in Ohio with or without a concealed handgun license. Stephen Brandenburg, the Wisconsin hospital employee accused of destroying hundreds of COVID-19 vaccines, says he believes the vaccine could harm people and change their DNA. Grafton police reported as the probable cause. USA Radio News. Hey, welcome back to the Joe Carey Show here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. We have California uh, Governor Newsom uh, proudly announcing that uh, 1% of uh, Californians have now been vaccinated. That's 1% of 40 million. And I've got to tell you, the, uh, the states have dropped the ball on the, uh, the vaccination. I mean, Operation Warp Speed, we, we developed this vaccine, several vaccines with several more in the uh, the queue. Now, according to the latest stats, just 4.6 million COVID-19 vaccines have been administered in the United States over the last three weeks. Now, that sounds like a big number. I hear that. I'm like, wow, that's, that's a lot. I mean, 4 million of anything. But now, federal officials have distributed 15 million doses to the states. So they've sent 15 million, only 4 million have been administered. So about two-thirds of the vaccines which have been shipped have gone unused. 1.4% of the population has been vaccinated. That I don't understand. Right, because we were told, hey, buy us time, give us time. We're gonna we're gonna plan for this, we're gonna get it organized. Some of the states with the lowest vaccination rates, New York and uh New York and California. Now part of it is we've set up these well, part of it is look, I think is the the way this vaccine works. It has to be shipped. What was it at negative seventy six degrees? I mean, this stunningly low temperature. I was talking to a healthcare worker here in uh, uh, Pennsylvania, and I was told there's only a few hospitals with the capacity to store that medication at that temperature. That's why when they're setting up hospitals as the hub for vaccinations, right? So uh, Andy Cuomo in New York, man, he's a man of focus. I mean, geez. 
he's he's a guy who is writing a book while fighting a pandemic while people were dying in his nursing homes. But he wasn't deterred. He finished that book. That's focus. That's laser-like focus. Well, Andy Cuomo has come out and he said, look, we're going to tell the hospitals who they have to vaccinate, right? Because you just can't show up and get vaccinated. Did you read that once? I think I read it in the, uh, the New York Post. There's a pharmacist. He, he thought out the vaccine. Not enough people showed up to, to, to receive it, right? They had a few cancellations, so he had a few more vials left over. He goes into a supermarket and approaches people and says, hey, I have some extra Moderna vaccine. Would you like to be inoculated? Would you like to receive it? I don't know how I'd react to that. I mean, you're just doing your shopping for soda or, you know, peanut butter. And a guy walks up to you. Hey, I've got this uh, Moderna vaccine right here. And he opens up his coat and there's the vial. Um, okay. But in his mind, he was thinking, you know what? If I don't administer these vials, they go bad. Because once they're thawed, you can't rethaw them. So he makes, in my opinion, the right decision. You know what New York says? We'll fine you a million dollars. You give the vaccine to people who aren't on the approved list because there's approval lists. Each state gets to decide who they want to prioritize. You gonna Politicians, do they get it? It's amazing how their name never appears on a list, but they're always getting it, right? Like, where's the politician on this pecking order? Oh, uh, don't ask such impolite questions. You know, some states are prioritizing teachers. Some states are prioritizing, you know, first-line responders. Some in New York, recovering addicts. So Trump said, you know what? Each state can prioritize its pools of people, and that's the way it should be. New York shouldn't dictate to Utah or Idaho who should be vaccinated and vice versa. That's a good thing. To me, that's the republic working. So each state received its allocation of vaccines. Then it became the obligation of the state to make sure they're administered. And wow, had the state screwed that up. And again, I don't think it's intentional. I don't think the state is out there saying, watch, we're going to stick it to these guys. But it's unprecedented. Absolutely unprecedented. So what happens? What should we do? You would think in a state like California they would have this all worked out in advance. It's not like they, they were told yesterday, hey, it's coming. They've known since March when Operation Warp Speed was launched, this vaccine is coming. They've received regular updates on it. But the plans they had, just like any battlefield plan, right? The plan changes what? The moment the first shot is fired. All of a sudden, that whole plan, oh, scrap it. Let's come up with a new one. And that's what's happening now. But politicians are afraid to say, you know what, the plan we had, it's insufficient. It didn't work out the way we wanted to. And that's what they should say. They should come out and say, hey, you know what, we, we did the plan the best we could. But there were all these things that we couldn't factor in. We had to learn them. We had to experience them. And that's what happened. So that's what we're doing. That's, those are the changes we're making. But instead, you know what? Andy Cuomo in New York, he comes out and he says, hey, to the hospitals, if you these are the people you have to vaccinate in this order. And if you deviate from this list, I'm going to fine you a million dollars. And then he says. If you have any leftover vaccines, I'm going to fine you. Think about that. You're telling the hospital these are the people you have to vaccinate. But if they don't show up, if they don't come, if they don't want to be vaccinated and you have any vaccines left over that we have to throw away, we're going to fine you again. Do you want to know what Trumpism looks like without Donald Trump? Do you want to look at what power hungry politicians really look like? Look at Andy Cuomo. 
his own failure. It's his system that's imploding. It's his system that can't get people vaccinated. And instead of standing up and saying, wow, we screwed this up. How do we fix it? You know what? Let's make people blame the hospitals. Just like let's let's blame people that don't wear masks. Let's blame people that don't wear masks correctly. Let's blame people who for medical conditions can't wear a mask. Let's make them the villain. Now let's make hospitals the villain. So the same first responders that were the heroes last month, they're the villains this month because that's how your typical politician works because they're not solution-oriented. They're blame-oriented. When it comes to credit, they're the first in line. When it comes to blame, how do we shift the focus? How do we divert attention? Hospitals, they make the perfect fall guy. Hey, we're sending you all this business. You can't do it. Yeah, but you're tying the hospital's hands in 50 different ways. And that's part of this, the problem. It's because they were playing politics instead of preparing, right? So during this part where we were crushing the curve, when we were bringing down the numbers, that was designed to free up the medical system. But when you're telling your ambulance crews in Los Angeles County, don't pick up those people with little chance of survival, I've got to think that's either a decision based on lack of empathy or lack of money. But it all comes back to lack of planning because you could have. You could have built the field hospitals. You could have brought back the, the Navy ship Mercy and the comfort. But at the end of the day, someone made the decision. It's not worth it. It's not worth the cost. Or that life isn't worth it. And it's compounded by the fact that we won't have that honest discussion, that we won't sit around and say, okay, how was this decision made? How do we get to this point? One of the states with the best vaccination rates, South Dakota. Mitt Romney's solution, blame Trump. That's what got us into this mess. We have a vaccine. If people want it, they should be able to receive it. And the state should not stand in the way of that. They should be facilitating it. You're listening to The Joe Carey Show. We'll be back after this break on the Fed by Ravens Media Network, 801-331-8113. We'll be back right after this break. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations? With the hope for a COVID vaccine on the rise, shifting political landscape, and the election at an end, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text MONEY to 411411 to get what you need to stay ahead of market trends and find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Stop guessing. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance. Text MONEY to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Text MONEY to 411411 so you can protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 411411. Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. 
Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's. So thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy! With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290. Hi, this is Stan Ellsworth. You know, I know a little bit about history. I mean, me and that Harley and all. But social media, well, that's a mystery to me. So I turned to the good folks at Little Cloud. They helped me develop my social media. They call it an online footprint. I'm a pretty big guy. Little Cloud, they've created a pretty big online presence for me. Let them help you. Visit their website. Visit my friends at littlecloudmedia.com. Hey, welcome back to the Joe Carey Show on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. Uh, you can go to fedbyravensmedia.com, look at uh, the programs we have, the shows we have listed, and uh, tune in either live. I think we have close to uh, seven hours of live uh, broadcasting every day, maybe eight, uh, and a bunch of podcasts, uh, several new ones uh, that we're looking to launch uh, this year. So please, fedbyravensmedia.com. If you have an idea for a podcast, uh, please feel free to contact us. Just go to fedbyravensmedia.com. You'll see the pod, uh, uh, a contact us button. Just use that, submit your podcast idea. Happy to, uh, to have our team uh, talk to you about that. I want to read this article uh, because I'm, I, I, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a statistician. So I look at these articles and I just try to make sense of this debate that's taking place, right, on lockdowns and masks. And you know, who makes the most sense? So I'm reading this article. I want to share it with you. The, the headline is lockdowns don't work because they force people to congregate in fewer places. And I see that. I say, well, that, that makes sense to me. So let me see what this says. Author and statistician William Briggs argues that lockdowns don't work because they force people to gather in fewer places like supermarkets. And therefore, they spread viruses faster than if people were allowed to spread out. A lockdown will spread the virus faster than allowing people to remain at large. Now, the author notes that a lockdown is not the same as a quarantine. Under lockdown, people only have a limited selection of venues at which they are allowed to gather meaning those locations are busier and therefore they make a virus more transmissible. Now, I love what the author writes next. Lockdowns are merely forced gatherings. I said, wow, I never looked at it that way. People in lockdown are allowed to venture forth from their dwellings to do essential activities like spending money at certain run stores. These stores are collection points where people are concentrated, Some people are allowed to go to jobs. Some are not. The author notes that lockdowns concentrate people into fewer areas outside. Then it forces them back inside to mingle and associate. This is a quote. It's clear that our 100% transmissible virus will spread much faster when people are forced to spend more time indoors with each other. Once one person gets it, he will spread it to those at his home immediately. If people at liberty and therefore are more separated, the virus would still spread to everybody, but more slowly. Lockdowns force people together. The venues they are allowed to venture to are restricted and therefore concentrate contact. And they force people inside their homes where it's obvious contact time increases. Lockdowns concentrate contact spaces and times. 
Now that makes sense to me. The author writes further that before 2020, it was obvious that lockdowns not only did not stop the transmission of viruses, but helped spread them. It was also a well-known that forced contact spreads viruses that uh, it was so common that you wouldn't even need to mention it. Then came 2020 and the experts, and he has that in quote, the experts, the idea of lockdowns would do the opposite of what everybody had always known they would do. Suddenly, instead of spreading bugs, as they always did before, they would stop or at least slow the spread. That's fascinating, right? That we're approaching this virus different than any other one. That we're saying, our experts are saying, you know what? Before we said, hey, you've got to get to herd immunity. Now it's, well, well, no, no, let's keep locking down. We can stop the spread. We can stop this from happening. It's clear that you can't. You might be able to pause it. You might be able to delay it. But according to this author, that's not even possible because you're accelerating the speed of the spread of the virus through these forced gatherings called lockdowns. The more lockdown we are, the less social distancing is possible. Without social distancing, the virus will continue to spread. Now, look, I read that article and there's a lot of questions that I have, right? I mean, there's a lot of questions that I have about, well, with or without the lockdown, you're still spending a, a, a disproportionate amount of time indoors with your family. Just because that's where people congregate, that's where people come to. But I guess what he's saying is it would still be less time because you would be at work, you would be shopping, you were doing things that you wouldn't normally do. But I think what's really sad is that we're not even allowed to have the debate anymore. We're not, we're not even permitted to talk about these things. We're not even allowed to uh, the latitude to disagree with each other or to discuss these things. It's like each side has retreated to you know its side of the battlefield. And you're either with me or you're against me. And you see it, and you see it in the media as well, right? Like with the rollout of this vaccine, instead of really trying to find out what's happening, why aren't people being vaccinated? How can you have, you know, seventy percent of the vaccine stockpile in storage? But instead of approaching it with an eye towards how do we solve it, like what's happening, what's the bottleneck? Our media and our political class, they view it as an opportunity to pit American against American or to pit Republican against Democrat and vice versa. And I will tell you, it creates for a very unhealthy and a very sick society. And you saw this exchange with Governor DeSantis in Florida and CNN. The reporter for CNN kept, you know, badgering. Well, well, why, why, why did the computer system collapse? Why can't people get access? Why did we see these long lines? And I think they're all legitimate questions, but they weren't really being posed for answers. They were being framed and articulated in a way to score political points. I would imagine the phone systems got jammed up. I would imagine that the, the, the website went down. There were long lines because people are excited about the vaccine. People want the vaccine. Millions of people do. There are people who don't want the vaccine. But we've stopped approaching problems that we face as a country as an opportunity to conquer them. And instead, we view it as this opportunity. Okay, now this is the one that's going to do them in. This is what we've been waiting for. Let's sink the ship. And I guess we first saw that with Katrina, right? Which was just not 
what really happened in this disaster, but how can we score political points from this disaster? And we saw the weaponization of this virus in terms of, 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 of uh, national politics from the day it started. And I will tell you, it is absolutely frightening. Because if that's a portent for the future, if that's how the future looks, that every time we encounter an issue as a country, we're going to use it to bludgeon the other side. Wow. That is going to be brutal because that will seep into every aspect of our lives. I, I don't want to judge somebody, whether they're a good person or a bad person, based on the decisions they make politically. I may agree, I may disagree, but I hope we can look at each other and say that's that they're a good person. Because if we allow this virus to change the way we approach and conquer national problems, this virus has infected us far worse than physically. It's really attacked a core tenant of who we are as Americans, of who we are as communities and neighborhoods. We cannot allow that to happen. Remember, there's three things we need to do. One, take the time, get right with God, whatever that means to you, your higher power. But align yourself. To take the time to be nice, find someone, serve someone. Stay tuned. The Brian Hyde Show up next right here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. We'll be back on Thursday. 